Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice. Today we got a great show lined up. We're going to talk about something a little bit different than we've talked about in the past, and that's overlooked insurance coverages. And we're going to kind of have a roundtable discussion today where we have insurance professional Gretchen Evans with 20 years of experience in the auto, homeowners, and business insurance area, as well as Tony and I talking a little bit about some of the other insurances like life, health, disability, and critical illness. We're going to be talking about coverages that normally people don't even think about. I want to welcome you, Gretchen. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Jim and Tony, for inviting me for your program. Let's start out with something. We just had a guest recently where we talked about identity theft, more specifically identity theft in the area of children. And it didn't dawn on myself, and I know Tony made the same comment, we never even thought about this as being an issue, yet there's something like 800,000 cases of child identity theft a year, which exceeds the number of cases that are reported for adults. And I guess because kids aren't applying for credit, if someone steals the kid's identity, they could go 12, 13, 14 years before it even becomes discovered. So talk about that from an insurance perspective. Identity theft right now is one of the fastest growing areas with theft. We always think of the adults, the husband and wife, and it does also apply to the young children in the household. When that endorsement is added to a homeowner's policy, it typically is for everyone in the household. So if somebody does get a hold of that private information of your young children, they are protected as well. And typically, it's the same fee. It's a flat fee, and it would cover everyone in the household. Now, not necessarily every company offers that, but it is something that you can get standalone and sometimes you can get it with your homeowner's policy, right? Absolutely. So if you think you're clear, you got it on your policy, just take it a step further, talk to your insurance professional, and make sure that everyone in the household is covered or what you need to do to make sure that is the case. Now, that's not going to protect you from your identity being stolen. How will it actually provide you coverage? It's actually a protection. It restores your credit. So in the event that you do have your personal information stolen, this will restore your credit. Identify the fraudulent things on your credit reports and then correct your credit score back to where it was before this incident happened. So obviously, you still want to take defense, of course, and protecting important information. But if that goes, unfortunately, the wrong direction and someone does steal your identity, now you have coverage potentially through your homeowner's insurance if your company provides it to help you restore your credit. That's correct. And the other thing, Tony, is if you do not have this coverage, then it is up to you, the person that has the identity stolen, to make all these phone calls and prove that this was not you that took out these fraudulent accounts. In this case, it's just like submitting a homeowner's claim. They will do the legwork. They will make the phone calls. They will act on your behalf to restore the credit. And it's actually relatively inexpensive, isn't it? It's quite inexpensive, absolutely. It becomes almost a no-brainer to think about it because reality is identity theft is so prevalent today. If you're on the internet shopping using credit cards, I don't know how you go throughout a week without somehow having to provide a social security number or something like that over the phone. So still you want to protect those things, but reality is to conduct business today, many times you are going to subject yourself to it. Better to have the protection. So talk to your insurance professional about this relatively new and unknown coverage. 
Absolutely. And in conjunction with that, another rising theft now is the medical theft. And that basically is people are getting a hold of medical insurance cards and then having procedures done under your insurance. So that's another one. In some cases, when you add the identity theft, it includes the medical theft. So again, talk to your insurance agent, find out exactly what coverages you have and what you're covered for. And make sure that it's covering all the members of the household. Correct. Now, is that limited to a specific age in the household? Do they have to be residents of the household? If they're a student, is there any general rule? Typically, it's residents of the household, which does include a full-time student that might be away at a dorm. And, of course, you want to clarify that again with your carrier. Correct. Some other out-of-the-box coverages, we're talking about kids and students that a lot of parents haven't considered and is now available with a lot of carriers is getting term insurance on the kids because now with student loans today, there's been a lot of changes as far as how to apply for those loans. And a lot of families are not able to get grants or scholarships. And the only alternative to being able to afford and fund college education is loans. And I know for myself as a parent, when my oldest first started college, he was able to get a student loan without my signature. My other kids have had to get my signature to get a loan. Now, that means I'm co-signing on the loan, which means if something happens to those kids, I could be on the hook at about the time I'm ready to retire. All of a sudden, I might have a student loan to pay for that I didn't plan for in my retirement planning. With term insurance for kids, it is something that is very inexpensive. And we've set up a lot of kids at 20-year and 30-year term policies. We make sure they're convertible to permanent because if the kids get sick later on in life and still need some coverage, they're able to convert those policies. But you can get a significant amount of insurance for very little. Again, something you want to talk to your insurance professional about. It's probably not something you want to think of. You're helping your child get their education in place. You're helping them fund it. And a tragedy hits. If that child passes, you don't really think, I could be left with the debt that was there to fund my child's education. So having some insurance in place is a good thing. An added benefit naturally would be you're also helping a child start to protect their insurability. By using term products, as Jim said, they're very inexpensive. Obviously, there's whole life products and many things to choose from. That analysis should come from your insurance professional. But, But getting insurance in place when someone's young, they're generally healthy when they're young, many times. Most of us generally don't get healthier as we get older, and the cost obviously goes up. So as you get those insurance products in place for now to cover that potential liability of college debt, they still have that insurance in place. Then to look to a prospective spouse or children in the future and say, gosh, my folks had the forethought of putting this kind of insurance in place, and I've protected my insurability. And maybe if their health had changed in that time frame, getting that insurance in place when they were young and healthy was really a wise decision. So there's many, many benefits to that. Great point, Jim. Gretchen, another area that we see people sometimes overlooking, in today's tough economy, a lot of people have started small businesses out of their home, just kind of assuming I've got homeowner's insurance so my business is covered. Comment on that a little bit about what people should be looking for when it comes to starting a business in the home. Jim, I see this a lot. As I visit people in their homes and we talk about insurance, lots of times during a conversation, we talk about them opening a small business. And it never occurs that a homeowner would not cover these things. And that's a huge gap in coverage. Home businesses can be covered two different ways, either by endorsing a homeowner's policy or a standalone commercial policy. 
And that, of course, depends on what your income levels are, what kind of business it is, just what's going on at the location. Under a regular homeowner's policy, you do not have coverage for customer liability. So if you've got people coming to your home and looking at products and providing a service and they get hurt, you could be left out in the cold. Your homeowners will not cover that. Now you endorse that business onto your policy. Now you're good. You've got the coverage. The fight won't be on you. You'll turn it over to the insurance company and you'll be covered. Also, if you have a building on your property and you're conducting this business in this separate building, it can be excluded from your homeowners. So if now there's a fire on this building and it's destroyed and the home insurance company finds out it was used in a business activity, you've just excluded the coverage. That's a hard one to learn. So again, visit with your insurance professional and just make sure that everything is secure as you may think. And, you know, you might be thinking, well, I don't have a home business. I got to tell you, Gretchen, this is such a timely topic. Just today, I drove to someone's home to get my hair cut. And on the way back, I passed a home that said out front, they do chainsaw sharpening. And then the next home I passed, literally coming back into my town, there was somebody selling firewood. So each one of these people are generating an income out of their residence, even though you might be thinking of something as simple as doing snowmobile repair or babysitting or cutting hair in your home. Those are all not necessarily, you might be thinking it's my business, but you're generating income. And if someone were to come into your residence and be injured while they're doing those activities, or if the service you're providing them Ultimately, they leave your property and they're injured. I can think of a time I knew of a case where a person had their snowmobile repaired by someone who advertised doing snowmobile repair. Later, the belt came off the the snowmobile and the person flipped and was injured. There was an opportunity now for that person to go back to the person who did the repair. If they didn't disclose that to their insurance company that they were running this business, the insurance company wouldn't have to pay that claim, right? That is correct. That's called liability. And people don't want to think about it, but liability is a huge, huge loophole. You need to make sure you're covered correctly for what you are doing. And if the premiums are a little bit more than they are, but that's your protection. It's that versus not having any and then taking a huge chance and losing everything. What's interesting, all that stuff is deductible. We see so many people that are trying to run a cash business under the table because they think they're saving a lot. Sometimes they're being penny wise and dollar foolish. But if you can deduct that, a lot of people that aren't running the business as a business out of their home officially could be deducting a portion of their home costs, their electric bill, and all those other things. So a lot of times what you might find is on a net, 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 net basis, you might have more money in your pocket by making sure all these things are covered. And that's why you really got to sit down with your insurance professional, your tax professional, and make sure you understand all the benefits of running a business. You may find it just ends up saving you money by being legitimate and talking to your insurance professional, paying the taxes that might be due. There may be some real advantages to structuring it properly. Absolutely. And remember, it's a conversation. The more information your insurance professional knows, the better they are equipped to help you protect your assets. That's what we're here to help you do. That's the bottom line is disclose. And I've certainly had people over the years say, why did they ask me so many questions? It's like they're trying to uncover something. Yeah, because they're your counselor. They're trying to help protect you is the bottom line. Another thing that's interesting, if you're starting a home business and something that people may not have even considered, 
And even if you're not running a home business, is something like critical illness coverage or disability income coverage. You get hurt in one of these types of ventures. Sometimes health insurance, for example, will not cover you if you get hurt on a job. And if you're running a business and you get hurt doing that business, Tony mentioned a business he passed who did chainsaw repair. I could only imagine the damage that could be done if the one of the links broke as you're testing it. It could really cause a problem. And if you have an exclusion on your health insurance, what's going to cover you? Well, there's things like critical illness right now, which is fairly new, which will pay a lump sum upon diagnosis of a disease, which might help keep your business running if you have to step away for a while because you had a heart attack, stroke, or cancer. Then you have things like disability income insurance. If the income that you're getting from that business is critical in providing your family with the means to enjoy the standard of living that you have, disability income can help replace some of that lost income. But in addition to that, there's a thing called business overhead expense coverage. If you're stepping away for the business, sometimes the expenses don't step away. And for a very inexpensive cost, relatively speaking, you can have your bills taken care of to keep the lights on in your business if for some reason you have to step away due to a disability. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, let's talk with Gretchen again about a very earth-shattering type of coverage. Please stay tuned. If you want more information on this program from your real wealth professional, just click the More Information button so they know to contact you. Welcome back as we're doing a roundtable today on insurance protections that maybe you haven't thought about but are truly available. And we've been talking about life insurance. We've been talking about critical illness insurance and disability insurance, home and auto insurance, many different things. And Gretchen, let's go back to you from the personal insurance protection standpoint. I kind of teased this before the break about something earth-shattering out there today. What's this about earthquake insurance? You know, it's funny. This is one that we normally don't talk about, especially here in Wisconsin. But earthquake coverage is available. It is not automatic. A lot of people think they pay that homeowner's premium and they are good to go no matter what happens on their property or with their building. That's not the case. Earthquake insurance is not an automatic. So if you're interested in earthquake damage to your home, that is an endorsement that can be added and you can secure the coverage. I have to believe anyone listening right now is thinking, I'm not covered for that. Exactly. So it is something that really you probably should go back to your insurance professional first and say, am I covered for that? Because these can vary from company to company and state to state. So it's important to get that counsel again from your insurance professional. Is it very expensive? Typically it is not. It depends again where you're living. What is the likelihood you're going to have an earthquake? Obviously in some areas when the likelihood is less, it'll be less expensive than others. You also have deductibles. So you can have a 1% deductible, 2% deductible. They're typically different than the homeowners. So again, it's a conversation. Ask the coverages, what does it cover? What is the deductible? And then kind of decide if that's right for you. Let's move on to another one because this has me thinking, okay, natural disaster. I think a lot of people may or may not be covered for floods. What's the difference between a flood and your basement flooding from a sewer drain backup? Isn't that all the same thing? It's all water. It is not all the same thing. And there again, that's the problem. So then the question is, what's the definition of flood or water? And we could talk on and on about that. But flood insurance, which is truly flood, a typically dry piece of land now is inundated or saturated with water, and it is now flooding, okay? You can only secure that through the National Flood Insurance Program. The rates are set, and it is a separate policy that only insures 
flood. Your sewer backup, which includes backup, drain, or sump pump failure, is something totally different. Your sewer drain lines are blocked. Now it's coming back through your basement in the drains. That's not flood. You can call it flood because the water is coming in. That does not meet the definition. It's sewer or drain backup. And that's an endorsement that's added to your homeowners. Again, not expensive. But if you've got that finished basement and you have an issue with your septic system backing up or your drains backing up, you might want this coverage. And how many people have video games or computers or other expensive stuff, appliances down in their basements, which we have here in the Midwest, maybe not in other parts of the country. And maybe you don't know this, but if you're in a hurricane, okay, and the waters flood from the hurricane, is that a separate coverage, hurricane coverage, or will my flood insurance cover that? The question would be, what caused the flood? Are they going to say hurricane, which is wind, or are they going to say water? That's up to your claims professionals, but it's a huge area. And you know what's amazing to me is we do see devastation in our country, it seems, almost every year along the coastline, and how many people talk about how they're just wiped out and they have no insurance coverage. Well, flood insurance, as you said, is a national available program. So if you live near a waterway, or even if you're inland near a waterway that can be subject to a surge or flooding from heavy rains, this is a conversation you should be having with your insurance professional. That's correct. Now's the time to do it, not after a claim when you found out for another 100 bucks a year you could have had the protection. And that's a shock to me because some of these properties on, of course, coastlines can be very expensive, but the coverage for flood is relatively inexpensive. It's the most expensive to not have it. That's correct. Gretchen, would there be any other considerations in getting flood insurance from the National Flood Insurance Program? Yes. In order to purchase the policy, the community you live in must subscribe to the National Flood Insurance Program. Once that community has subscribed, then you can purchase a policy regardless if you're in a high floodplain or low. So it's possible you could be in a community that isn't subscribing, but the only way you'll find out is check into it and talk to your insurance professional about it. Absolutely. Let's talk about another subject, which I think is one of the more misunderstood types of coverages. And I make that opinion based on the fact of the number of clients I get together with that have little or no coverage in that area, and that's umbrella coverage. And we're not talking about insuring the umbrella in case it breaks in the storm. We're talking about umbrella coverage over all your liability protection. That's a big one, Jim. That's one of those policies that you take your auto insurance, your home insurance, whatever you have, and you basically tie it up with a bow with umbrella. Umbrella is an excess liability protection policy. You can only have a certain limit of liability on these underlying policies. If you want more, then you purchase your umbrellas. You can purchase them for either personal business, a commercial, or farm. So depending on your circumstances and your type of operation, you can purchase them usually from a million on up. Very affordable, but it's a way to increase your protection in the event of a liability claim or lawsuit. So is it appropriate for your insurance professional to ask you what you're worth? It is. Again, that's a very private area. Lots of times you work with your financial advisors. And in those cases, they would say, when you get a quote, look for a $2 million umbrella or a $3 million umbrella. I mean, sometimes people just don't have any idea what their value or net worth is. And the point there is, don't be surprised if you're asked the question, because the key is, if you're fortunate to be worth, let's say, 2 or $3 million, and your underlying protection only goes to 500000 
in my opinion, you're underinsured. Because if you had an incident and you're worth $3 million on paper and you only have a half a million of liability protection, then the decision has to be, do we take that 500,000 or do we sue for more? Whereas if the umbrella was designed to be bigger than I am, then it's a whole different world as far as whether I'm going to be sued or the insurance company is going to take care of the claim. That's correct. It's who's going to pay. Right. So it's either going to come out of your pocketbook or we're going to turn it over to the insurance company. You know, an analogy I always use is the thing is, do you want the insurance company on your side? And I think you've shared with me numerous times where people chose to go with just very limited liability coverage, end up having a lawsuit against them, and they get the Dear John letter that says, Dear John, we're just paying the policy limits because they know that there's no way to defend below that. So in Tony's case, let's say it's a half a million, and we have a situation in Wisconsin, wrongful death has an automatic payout per child of a half a million. So if there were two kids that were killed and you're liable, that's a million dollars before we even get into medical bills, pain and suffering, lost wages, property damage, and all those other things. So an insurance company would rather than spend a nickel on defending you will just pay out the policy maximum and limit their exposure. So you really got to be careful. And the other thing I want to say is that even though Tony was talking about net worth, there's a lot of young professionals who haven't had a chance to build their net worth. Don't forget, they can garnish your wages, future wages. So if you're making a hundred grand a year and you only have a used car, you might still want to make sure you got a good umbrella so that you can have a net worth and be able to have the funds to save for your retirement. Well, and the other thing, Jim, again, we talk about cost. Umbrellas are quite inexpensive for the protection you get. So again, have the discussion, get the cost, look at what you have to protect or what's at risk, and then make your decision. I also want to repeat, and I know you covered this, that the umbrella is over and above your underlying limit. So if I have a half a million dollar underlying limit and I have a million dollar umbrella, then I'm actually protected to $1.5 million. That's correct. So it's not just a million dollars. I actually layer it on top of my underlying limit. So when you're figuring out your net worth, or like Jim pointed out, your future earning capacity, you're really designing this with the umbrella being in blocks of a million to coordinate with what your net worth or future earning capacity is, understanding that it's really combined and added together. And remember that in today's society, everybody is so happy. So the odds of being involved in a lawsuit are quite good. All you have to do is listen to the news. So again, you'd rather be safe than sorry. One other thing I want to ask about those umbrella policies, because you see this too, and I think it's very misunderstood, is the uninsured, underinsured motorist. Sometimes companies will offer that as an option on the umbrellas. That million, two million, three million of extra liability. What happens if you get in an accident? It's someone else's fault and they don't have insurance. Explain how that works. You automatically have the uninsured and underinsured on your auto policy, so that limit is there. But again, you can only purchase a certain amount. There's a maximum. If you want more, you add the extension onto your umbrella. So then your umbrella is twofold. It's liability to protect your assets if you are liable for an accident and to secure your medical, your injury coverages if that other person injures you and doesn't have enough money to pay for your injuries. Again, quite affordable, but people need to know it's available. Today, I think we uncovered enough things that everybody should be prompted to go back to their insurance professional, spend some time, make sure you understand what you have for coverages, what you don't have for coverages, make an informed decision to protect not only you, but your family. Well, Gretchen, I know I learned something today. Thanks a lot for sharing. Thank you, Jim, and hopefully I can come back soon. Thanks for joining us this week, and tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the real wealth process. 
And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your Real Wealth Advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information will be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800 or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.